I, you never think about that, that your words will be translated. It's I'm really listening to Irish radio. Really? Um, but the covers are all so different. And so I'm listening to Irish radio as I drive from Cafe Beva, having had a meeting with Roger Overall about show-and-tell communications and uh, all the work that various people have to do, not just in show-and-tell, there seems to be an awful lot of stuff in the air and uh, so I feel kind of in a in a funny bubble driving out to the woods to go walking with Prince Louis so let's see uh, there was an interesting discussion going on on Irish radio um, between um, um, whatever his name is and uh, whatever her name is you know make it slightly garish so uh, I see where Jojo where she's coming, coming from, from. Yeah. But you're, we will, will we be seeing I mean I often talk to writers about being optioned mm. for TV or, or movies but there's talk isn't there yeah so Love and Order 27 has been optioned by um, NBC Universal um, and they make everything in the States Friends Seinfeld whatever but here they in the UK they made Downton Abbey um, but that said it's been optioned will it ever get made I just assume not that's the kind yeah, of what I work on that makes you very Irish yeah. I, well yeah I, but I think the hit rate is 1 in 20 and like as an arts journalist I have interviewed people where they tell me stuff has been optioned and then it'll never work out so I know that likely that never happens but they give you a few thousand euro and I take that and I say thanks very much and you know oh, so you see a yeah. new set of furniture yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Kitchen. I'm like oh maybe exactly. yeah exactly yeah. maybe we can put an offering on that house yeah, um, yeah, yeah. no so I, I, I doubtful there's film interest in Grace After Henry but the, it's not out in the States until the beginning of next year and I, my agent said they're not going to do anything until then um, make any decisions and I don't want to know until yeah. things are decided until it's know. done yeah. rather than the yeah. faffing around exactly. wandering and also my agent is American so she's really upbeat and hopeful yeah. and then I think things are fact and they're not yeah. whereas I'm really Irish and she she'll, she takes Play my pessimism for yeah. for truth as well you know she'll ask me how's the new book going and I'll say terrible the usual and she'll be like oh my god you need me to cancel the contract yeah, yeah. No, no, that's just being Irish. Yeah, yeah, it's like, a little uh, loss of translation. Yeah, along it's like the way. you bring everything I say up, I'll bring everything you say down. And we'll the kind train of, we'll meet in the middle. Yeah, yeah that yeah, sounds yeah. good. Well, that's, I'm delighted for your success. Congratulations. Thanks. You have a real job in real life mm. as well. Are you able to do that as yeah. a journalist for the Sunday Times? Yes, I um, continue to do both, and um, I really like it. So <laughs> as long as I can, like, you, like, I mean, I do a version of what you do in that I get to interview people, and yeah. I love that. Like, which side of the microphone? <laughs> absolutely your side yeah absolutely your side isn't that mad like it that that you know obviously I'm, I'm practiced you're practiced and yet when it turns when the mic is turned around you yeah. suddenly become really nervous but sure, I had Brian Dobson on the Late Late Show and he was saying you know as before we were getting on he was kind of saying you know, you know, I'm really not mad about this. Yeah. <laughs> and I knew what he was, he wasn't being rude. Yeah, he yeah, was just yeah, yeah. saying that, uh, you know, this, you, you, you know, like you were just saying, you have yeah. a role. Like if I was, if we were to flip this, which we did once before, some yes, years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you're just a different creature, really, aren't you? Yeah. And, uh, it's just kind of. It's just, it's, it's like. Um, performing to an extent when you're asking the questions and when you're answering them you must be yourself you know that's kind of how I think about it um, it's an honour to get into people and I, I like I don't just throw that term around but particularly I do some interviews and people invite you into their houses and you know you, you get to see this personal part of their life um, and you know, some people like I, I remember interviewing Jennifer Johnston the author and at the time I don't think she lives there anymore but at the time she lived in this great big house in Derry 
and it was overlooking the river and like the taxi driver knew where it was before I even had to give an address you know and like, it was just amazing to get to go in and see a house like that yeah. There are lots of privileges with the job, you know that. Absolutely. Uh, but in the meantime, here you are, uh, fully fledged author. I was laughing even asking about having a real job, uh, but uh, this is now <laughs> yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. real. But it feels probably surreal. I, absolutely. You have yeah. a real job and a surreal job. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And along may the dream uh, continue. And uh, yeah, I can't wish you enough good fortune. Keep Thank going. You. And thanks. thanks for coming to see us this morning. Um, Ethna Shortall joining us live in the program. The book is called Grace After Henry. It's May. Now it's time to buy the book because it's. Uh, I think it's going to be a great one for summer reading. Yes, and, that's uh, what I uh, hope. That's yeah, I, I think, hope. It, funny enough, it feels like, like a May into summer book rather than a September into winter book. Does that make any yeah, sense? Yeah, no, no, and it's, even though it's set in Dublin, it's like the, the characters comment on how it's unusually summer, uh, uh, sunny, so uh, hopefully it will work throughout. The no summer. doubt, it's yeah. working already. Thanks a lot, Ethan. Nice to see you again. 14 minutes to 10. So there, I thought that was worth sharing why did I think it was worth sharing? Because I was interested in it. It held my interest. I have this ridiculous idea, which is that if I'm interested in something, and it really holds my attention, 40% of the world will be interested in it. Now, I don't know what I define the world as, but 40, 40% that I can be confident that you know, I'm not that idiosyncratic. I was fascinated there by what they had to say about what it's like when you are being an interviewer, especially um, the idea that the you have to be yourself when you are being interviewed and you have to play a role or have to put on a show when you're being the interviewer. Well, apart from the fact that I never thought about it that way, I never thought about there being a difference. I thought about some people holding the view and behaving as if the whole thing is a, a performance, one where you maintain a persona, you're interviewed and you project whatever image of yourself you want to project, even if you're feeling absolutely shitty on Monday morning, somebody says, how are you? Uh, you don't say that you're, actually I'm feeling pretty shitty today. Last week I was feeling an awful lot better. You don't say things like that. Um, you you maintain the uh, cheeky, cheery, choppy um, image. But the idea that when you're interviewing somebody and uh, you presumably want to draw them, draw something out of them, which is, we'll call it genuine, for want of another word, but which is, you know, getting, I don't like the idea of getting underneath the personality, but getting to something that is significant. Um, that, that, that you would, that you would put on a performance, because it seems to me that, that, genuineness attracts genuineness and if you want to be to get somebody into a quote real and meaningful conversation the best way to do it is to be real and meaningful yourself now that 
first of all, I have no research evidence to back that up. And it's just kind of intuitive and gut feel. It may be based on some experience I've had, but certainly not based upon any experience I can remember. So, what is fascinating is I think that that was the man who has the number one radio, uh, number one television station program, rather, in Ireland, Ryan Tuberty. He's the guy who does the Late Late Show, which goes out on a Friday evening, which has the biggest uh, viewing figures in Ireland for anything on TV, on Irish TV, I think. She, I've never heard of her. You know, she's a, a new person to me. But that's because I don't read newspaper columnists. And she's a newspaper columnist and an art reviewer, something like that, I think she said. So they're obviously heavy hitters in their own way. And fascinating set of op opinions and view viewpoints from them both. There's a great book, and I can't remember the name of it, which in which authors get interviewed. It happened first in 1947 about how they work, how much money they need to live on. In fact, that's the bit that I remember most about it, asking authors, how much money do you need to live on? Or, yeah, and they varied a lot. And there's all sorts of questions like that. And it was done in 1947. I remember Kingsley Amos was one of the people who was interviewed in it. Public, results published in a book. And uh, about uh, 50 years later, it was repeated. I have a funny feeling the repetition 50 years later was repeated online and that it is, it's in some, it's somewhere anyway online, probably on somebody's website. But um, I can't even remember why I mentioned this now, but it's all about people's opinions, people's habits, people's assumptions, uh, being inherently interesting to somebody who is inherently curious and with that in mind let's go and have the big adventure in the wood